I sent a, I sent three or four shirts to some guy in Italy who had come across my page somehow. And not that he'd ever been to the Carolinas before or knew what the Carolina vibes was, but he was like, Hey, I want some of your shirts. So I, I, that was like my first and only international sales. So, but I was all like excited about it. I was like, That's it. yeah, man, <laughs> word of mouth for Carolina vibes was huge. And it still is huge for Rock Hill screen printing because we don't do any sort of marketing or promotion. We've never even advertised before and we've got more business that we can handle. Welcome back to the Wacky Wonderful Wise Works Podcast. We're coming in at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Monday morning. Welcome. The ice cream living is the most perverse thing on this planet. Maybe not on this planet. Yeah. Wow. But it's definitely top 20. Wyatt was like, where the heck did you get pizza? And I'm like, I don't know. It's been in the fridge for a while. Luke falls in the pit and Darth Vader uses the forced to hit the switch and goes all too easy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got so much sass. I'm like, all right. There's you a lot of good stank moments. on that. <laughs> Dude, I can't take it. Welcome back to the Wise Works podcast. Um today we are doing a little bit of something we have not done before. Okay. We have a guest episode, but we don't have Joseph with us. Um, it's just me. Joseph is here. He's just not in the studio. He actually is on a work trip. So he is in New York right now. You're in New York, right? No, I'm in New Jersey. New I'm Jersey. in New Jersey. Get it right. Okay. I thought you were in New York. <laughs> New Jersey. Um, so he's in New Jersey right now. So he's with us on the Zoom call, but he's not here in studio. Um, our guest for tonight is actually Jackson, our good friend can you uh say something jackson so we can <laughs> what's up everybody how there y'all doing is. i'm uh, i'm really excited to be on here guys i've been looking forward to this for a while so thanks again yeah yeah, yeah dude. Uh, so we've known you for a minute um you we got connected you were on a football team with our friend tim and you became great friends with Tim and then by proxy over the years, then we've kind of just hung out with you. And I remember some of the first stuff I heard about you, your crusaders, your Tim's hanging out with you a lot and you do a merch company called Carolina vibes or something. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I started following you on Instagram mm-hmm. and then I was seeing some of your work and then um and then over time, I got to actually spend more time with you. It turned out you're a really cool dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> really fun <laughs> to hang out with. <laughs> Just a good guy. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's been a good time getting to know you, and it's been a good time hanging out with you. But I'm glad you're here um, to talk to us, and we're just going to talk about a whole series of things. But there was um, something pretty cool that you're doing these days that we wanted to talk about. And I, you, I know you wanted to talk about as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want me to just start from the beginning? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Well, yeah, well sure. tell us, tell us the history. Well, introduce what it is and then tell us some of the history of how it got started and what it is you guys do. Sure. So uh, right now I'm working for a company called Rock Hill screen printing, um, which is essentially a screen printing and embroidery company. We also do like vinyl and that sort of thing, promotional products. Uh, but how it got started um, was uh, a little funny, actually. Um, so you mentioned Carolina Vibes. That's my old 
clothing brand that I used to have in high school. Um, so I started Carolina vibes on my own when I was, I want to say 16. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. 16. And, uh, so it was kind of, you know, just a fun thing that I did on the side. Um, I, I always aspired to be like an entrepreneur when I grew up. And, um, so I did all like the designs myself and everything like self-taught graphic design and, uh, just kind of went for it. And it was really just selling to friends. Uh, I gained a little bit of popularity, but it didn't like really blow up or anything like that. But, um, my dad, so his name is Jeremy. Um, he built a wooden screen press in our garage. He looked up like a design online and built one uh, for like a hundred bucks in lumber back when wood used to be that cheap. (laughs) Um, and we were printing these shirts out of our garage and that was essentially, you know, just to help me cut down on my production cost. Well, I think that he enjoyed doing it. Um, and he started printing for other people on the side just as a thing to do on the weekends. So I was like, cool. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, well, eventually, you know, I fell off of, uh, Carolina vibes because, you know, I I was 16, didn't have the greatest work ethic and, you know, was playing football for the crusaders, uh, working a job, doing dual enrollment, that whole thing. Um, and what ended up happening was that my dad stayed with the screen printing and, you know, a couple months pass and all of a sudden he's got a bunch of professional equipment in the garage. And I'm like, what in the world is going on, man? Um, but it was cool. And I want to say not even six months after that, he had quit his day job as a mechanical engineer and he was supporting our family, uh, quit his day job and decided to pursue this screen printing thing. Um, just kind of taking that risk. Um, and I remember how worried, uh, my mom was about it. I had full faith in him. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's uh, a risky thing. Yes. Um, you know, quitting a job that you've been in for 25 years that you went to school for, you, you know, he's got me and my brother, he's got to raise these two kids. And, uh, it absolutely exploded and to no credit of, of my own, to no credit of his own, really. Uh, this was definitely like one of those God things where he just kind of took over and, uh, and it's been a blessing ever since, but we, we went from the garage to our first location. And I think it was like six months. Like I said, uh, we expanded not even a year after that, um, to, uh, space that I want to say was near a thousand square feet. Um, last Christmas we moved into another location about double that size. And now as of recently, we're tripling our current size. So we're getting two more units of the same size that we already have right now. Mm. Um, so it, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's crazy to, to see over the past, what, five or six years, how much it's grown. Um, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. So, uh, as of right now, um, this is my, uh, you know, I've got, I've got all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. I, I have a few questions, Joshua, but is something yeah. is something percolating in your mind? Um, yeah, I last I heard, and I knew your dad was doing this on the side or, or doing this as his job. 
I know last I heard, I saw you maybe six months ago, you were trying to get into some brewing stuff. I don't, I guess we could talk yeah. about that later, but what, what just, I guess this did it just pick up so much that you just like, I want to kind of go in the family business. Yeah. So I, I've been kind of searching for like a backup plan mm -hmm. over the past couple of years, just because I didn't know, you know, how big this thing was going to get, or if it's really what I wanted to do. And, um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. And yeah, so um, the last time that I saw you guys, I was working at uh, Lake Wiley Brewing Company, and I still am a little bit, but I was really getting interested in the brewing aspect and then just like bartending on the weekends. And um, it, the, the the demand and the, I mean, everything at the shop just got so crazy that they needed me to come along or else they were going to hire, you know, a bunch more employees. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we, we've got a few now we've got, um, I want to say six or seven employees oh, that are okay. near full time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of made more sense to me to go towards like the family business route rather than, than doing, brewing. To, yeah. I mean, and you, yeah, could, yeah, just, you could always do sorry, brewing stuff on the side. I mean, too, it doesn't have, you can kind of do both. I mean, I don't know how much time you have right now because you just got into it, but definitely you could pursue uh, both at eventually. So, I think I'll keep brewing as like a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, I started I started doing some home brewing, so yeah. that's been fun. Uh, <laughs> it's been a headache, dude. It's <laughs> there's so much that goes into it. It's it, you, you really need to be competent in like three different forms of science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a lot. It's uh. Have you spoiled any batches yet? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. It's the first one that I did. I actually got mostly right. It wasn't a bad beer, but it definitely wasn't what I wanted it to be. Yeah. I was going for like a red IPA and ended up making some kind of Frankenstein beer. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> not specific to one style, but um, yeah, I spoiled the next couple of batches. <laughs> That's interesting because we've done two batches, three batches, two batches, but three. they were... I guess we, we got them. I don't know how you start. We just kind of, there's a company, um, American Brewery here in Virginia Beach. And we just, the guy has ingredients like grains, um, the wort already put together and all that stuff. We don't, we didn't make our own wort. We kind of just mixed it and bottled it ourselves. And yeah, it was a little bit off. It, it turned no, out we, decent though. We're, you you were going to say something about no, we made, it? Well, I, I was saying we made our own wort. We, uh, but that we just had to buy the ingredients from him. So we got ourselves like the double five gallon bucket brewing kit. And we've done three batches. The first batch turned out pretty okay. The second batch had like, uh, it wasn't what I expected, but it was close. And then the third batch went sour. And it, it was really disappointing because I don't know what I did wrong, except the possibility of maybe exposed it to too much air. Mm -hmm. But um but I didn't, I, I thought that third batch, I was being the most careful up to that point. So I'm not really sure what went wrong with it, but yeah, it was, we've done a couple, uh, a couple different ones in the five gallon bucket thing, which you probably have gotten into at, because you work for a brewing company a little bit more in depth with the equipment and everything. I'm guessing. Yeah. So it was interesting going from, because I, I mean, I was, when I was doing the brewing at, the the actual at Lake Wiley, 
um, it, I was brewing on these enormous systems that were like, I think like six barrel, which is 200 gallons or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact number, but then I, I had to kind of take what I learned there and try to do it at home. And thankfully, uh, I got a really nice system for my birthday. So that was, that was awesome. If, uh, by the way, if anybody wants to get into brewing, I would highly recommend, uh, going the Brewzilla route. It's an all-in-one system that's incredibly easy to use. Um, I mean, it, it just, it, it saves you so much time. I, a lot of people like to kind of build their own systems and do everything that way just because it's fun to figure things out. Um, I have zero patience. So <laughs> uh, I would highly recommend the all-in-one systems. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you though, so you said Brewzilla, is that what it's called? Yeah. And it, did it come with like, what kind of tanks and stuff did it come with just like the is it have like a the water heater and everything built into it everything's built into it it's literally a it, they call it a single vessel system mm. so you literally the only time you're transferring the the beer is after the boil after everything's already done you transfer it into the uh the carboy for fermentation so i mean when i'm telling you that like it's incredibly easy like it is. It is. You really, you don't have to, to do much. You just got to press the buttons. And, and so if you can learn the system, you know, that's the, that's the way to go. That yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah. We just did ours in like a five gallon bucket and just kind of did it that way. Yeah. I think I'll, I want to get back to the brand thing. And so I want to take what you told us about your merch company from the beginning when you were 16 and work our way up to today, because honestly, dude, like the other day, because you haven't texted me, you haven't kept up with me at all. And I blame you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I, I was talking to Tim the other day and he was like, dude, I was like, how is Jackson doing with brewing stuff? And he was like, dude, he's working for his dad now. And I was like, mm -hmm. his dad. He was like, yeah, you like, his dad has blown up their merch printing company or their, I guess, what, what is, what is the technical term for the company? Screen printing and embroidery. Screen printing embroidery. So you guys screen is your dad's screen printing company is blowing up and you're going to work for him. And I was like, well, how big has that gone? The last thing I heard that Jackson was doing was Carolina vibes. And that was years ago. Um, and so I just found out about this. All that to say, I want to understand the evolution of what happened. So what first got you when you were 16 into the idea of doing um, Carolina Vibes? And then walk us through some of the artistic mindset that you mm -hmm. needed to have for that desire. And then also, and maybe even fashion art. And then that going into the entrepreneurial side of it at 16 and then we'll work our way to the current company with your dad but give us like that backstory with carolina vibes because i've never really heard it in detail yeah definitely uh real quick do you mind if i crack open a, a beer no go right ahead go go hold on it. since we were on the topic um yeah so okay so i've got i've got a lot to talk about then all right well i would honestly say answering the the artistic part of that question um so i've been i've been doing artwork since i was like a little kid ever since i pretty much could um i just kind of had an eye for it obviously i'm surrounded by it everywhere right now my my walls 
are covered in it. Um, I just got into painting like last year, but anyways, I've been drawing since I was a little kid and I self-taught, um, video editing and graphic design just because my dad already had the programs. So he used to do graphic design what for the he, church. What does he use ago. graphic design? What do you, what do you, uh, do it on? What software? I'm just Adobe. Adobe. Oh, okay. Um, Photoshop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Photoshop, Illustrator, all that good stuff. I was kind of just messing around and, and creating artwork on there. And uh, so honestly, it, it really all got started when I was working uh, for my dad's old job, the one that he used to work for for however many years. Um, I went in and was working in the warehouse and um, a buddy of mine, you might have met him, Brian White. Yeah. Yeah. So we played football together with the Crusaders. It was around the same time that I met Tim. Um, we were working at this company together and uh, we both were like, dude, working for other people blows. <laughs> like, like, and, and you know, it, it was just the quality of the work, honestly. But there was this kind of moment where, you know, I realized, okay, when I get older, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to work for myself or I'm going to work for somebody else. And so Brian and I tried to start up a little clothing brand. It was called 334 Apparel. Um, and it, I mean, we didn't do anything with it. So like, it's almost not even worth mentioning, but then after that fell off, um, I'm going to give this another go, but I'm going to be more intentional about it. I'm going to create a product that's visually appealing. That's going to connect to a specific target audience. And I'm really going to hammer it down. And I did it for probably a year on my own, um, before my dad was like, oh, Hey, he's actually really trying. Let me help him out. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, leading up into the story that I was illustrating earlier, but, um, I, yeah, did I, did I hit all those points? I feel like you asked, uh, yeah, yeah. like questions. <laughs> I want to yeah. touch on this because I didn't really know you. I, I vaguely knew who, uh, you were through crusaders. We never played on the crusaders. Um, but I knew of you through going to games and, and stuff. I wasn't really, we weren't really friends and I knew you had the company at the same time. Um, I was graduating, um, cause you're just a couple years younger than us, um, or younger than me. And so I graduated and went to York tech. I was going to York tech and every where I would go around campus, I was seeing people wearing these, this merch carolina vibes like people i didn't know maybe they were from crusaders but i would just randomly see it pop up everywhere in rock hill yeah that was some of the coolest moments man like you know and, and i won't i won't sit here and pretend like it was a great success or anything because i mean it wasn't but I, I think the coolest feeling ever was going around rock hill fort mill or wherever and I would see somebody that I had no idea who they were and they were wearing something that I created. That was just, I don't know. It was that's, cool. that's sick. Yeah. That's a lot bigger than like just creating it and being like, Oh, I gave it to my friends type thing. That's definitely, that's sick. Yeah. I, I need to ask, what was your marketing strategy for Carolina vibes? How did, how was there so much exposure that people you didn't even know was wearing the merch and why didn't that work like what was the end what was the what was the destructive factor of carolina vibes the destructive factor i would i would uh, attribute completely to consistency or lack thereof um but 
um, so for promotion and marketing and everything, I did everything through social media. Um, I, I had a website, I made a couple sales on the website, but essentially everything was going through social media. And I would actually, um, you know, if someone approached me or sent me a DM and was like, Hey, I want to buy this even before the online store went up, um, I would drive and meet them and make the sale in person. And so quite honestly, I was losing money on certain uh, things. I, one of the crazier ones I sent, a I sent three or four shirts to some guy in Italy who had come across my page somehow. And not that he'd ever been to the Carolinas before or knew what Carolina vibes was, but he's like, Hey, I want some of your shirts. So I, I, that was like my first and only international sales, but I was all like excited about it. I was like, yeah, man. (laughs) So, um, but quite honestly, man, um, word of mouth is the biggest, I mean, I, I can't, I can't put it into words, but word of mouth for Carolina vibes was huge. And it still is huge for Rock Hill screen printing because we don't do any sort of marketing or promotion. We've never even advertised before and we've got more business that we can handle. So seriously, word of mouth is, is like, you know, is it it has always been, um, uh, proven, um, for me at least. But, uh, I had a point there. I forgot where I was going with my train of thought. You're good. I want to hear like, so if you were, if you were making sales, you said you were losing money. What was the, what was the thing that getting down to kind of the specifics since you, you think entrepreneurial, I want to hear kind of your breakdown. So if you were making sales, even in Italy and you were, you the word was getting out and you did, you had people that you didn't know wearing the shirts. You had a social media that was seeming, seeming to profit and, were you what were like how much sales were you making and why was it losing money like why why was the company itself why were you losing money for the company you know what i mean um yeah i mean quite honestly i was in over my head uh running running a business is uh it was a little bit more complicated than i thought going in i would i would essentially i didn't take it that seriously for an extended period of time it was in spurts right because i like i said this is while i was in high school i was doing dual enrollment i was playing football and working a part-time job so it was really just something i did when i really felt like creating um yeah when i wanted to express my creative energy i would throw that in into like a limited run and then i'd be i'd promote it on social media and be like hey here's the new shirts uh, I've got however many in stock. So, and, and then I would sell out of that one and I wouldn't continue to produce it anymore. It was just, everything was, was on a whim. I would, I probably would have been better if I would have stayed consistent, um, with production and, um, hired more people on, but through the entire thing, I did everything with the exception of production myself. Um, and that's where it got to be too much. And I, you know, in the end decided to step away from it. Um, I thought it was going to be a break. It ended up being permanent, whatever. Um, it blossomed into something a lot cooler in my opinion. Um, and that's where I went and worked for my parents, um, a little bit in the beginning, um, just because, uh, they, they asked for my help, but, uh, you know, it, 
I don't know, besides that, it wasn't really much. Um, in terms of sales, I would say I was doing probably, I couldn't give you an amount on like money wise because I, it's been a while, but number of items. So I probably sold three or 400 items um, in, in like the year that I did it. Mm-hmm. So nothing too crazy. Um, really just, like you yeah, say, so it wasn't like a full fledged like company, you know, it was just something that, like a, a fun thing I did on the side for money. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were like, did you, would you say you did like four drops or whatever? Um, with Carolina vibes, I did, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Like four or five drops. You're, you're, you're selling like a hundred pieces each drop. If you would sell out, yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. incredible. And the fact that you were selling out and you didn't even like, I know when I was watching it online, I was like, man, this, this dude doesn't even have video marketing that much, like outside of some cell phone video you were putting on Instagram from what I recall, mm-hmm. how were you like you, if you didn't have a personality presence online, you didn't have a whole lot of video content. What was the strategy to be like on social media? People that don't even know you don't even know who you are, are just like, this is a cool vibe. I'm going to roll with it. And I want to, I want to put money into it and wear it because that seems because there's so much out there that seems like a it it seems far-fetched but you did it on a small level and so i'm curious like what was your what how were you marketing that outside of just word of mouth and social media like what what do you think was working about it so everything about that was trial and error and i've definitely made my fair share of products that nobody could give a crap about but that's, that's the thing is like, you have to test and see what's going to work and what isn't. And you know, because either you make sales or you don't, um, and the fashion industry specifically, like we could talk about that for hours because of, of how much it changes and how much you have to stay on top of it. Like that is an industry that's incredibly hard to make it in. Um, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody ever. (laughs) Like I'm serious. Do not go, do not go into the fashion industry don't start your own brand, please. Like, <laughs> um, but you know what, like at the same time, I, you know, if you want to do something then go for it, because you're going to learn along the way, just don't be afraid of failure. Be excited to, because you're going to learn from it. Um, but yeah, so I would essentially get feedback from people and that's, that's kind of how I knew as soon as I created a product that people bought, um, that I didn't know, like as soon as strangers started buying my product, I knew that I had something good because your grandma and your best friend are always going to buy a shirt no matter how much it sucks. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the pieces that strangers bought from me, um, were the ones that I hammered down hard on. Um, but kind of going forward a little bit, what do you guys have now? Um, maybe I, I knew you're saying you have word of mouth still, but do you guys have anything like, how do you just throw up a piece? You like take photos of it, you market it online. Um, how do you do the media side of things for your company now, now that it's it's not Carolina Vibes, but the uh, company? Yeah. Little screen print. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like real, so the difference is really is like one, you know, Carolina Vibes was me creating a product to sell. Yeah. And Rock Hill screen printing 
is uh, it's, it's essentially a service-based business where somebody will contact us, let's say it's a school or a company and be like, hey, we want, let's say 400 shirts with this design on it. And uh, they provide us the artwork and we print the shirts and we just give it right back to them. So, um, I mean, most of the time our, our phones are just ringing with people that have heard of us or we're getting foot traffic in the door. Um, we have a website, we have social media, just uh, look up Rock Hill Screen Printing. It'll be the first one that comes up. Um, but we've never promoted before. Uh, we've never done any kind of advertising. We're, we're on Yelp, but that's about it. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of insane. We have more business than we can keep up with, which is, uh, it's daunting and it's exhausting, but it's also really cool at the same time. Um, so I think as we continue to grow and we continue to add employees and equipment and everything else, we might venture into, well, not might, we will venture into, uh, marketing and, um, I don't know how they want to go forward with that right now. It's, it's not my company yet, but, uh, so well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, so from what I understand is you took a company that was based around you trying to sell a product because of your, that's motivated by your artistic expression and your entrepreneurial work for yourself spirit. Mm-hmm. And your dad saw you doing this and was like, I want to do, it seems interesting to me. I want to do something that's a service-based business that's printing for other brands and other companies. And he created something that got a lot of traction with no marketing, um, just word of mouth stuff. What yep. kind of, are, are these, are these brands coming out of Charlotte or Rock Hill or what the area, or are you guys getting national work? Everywhere within 10 miles, really. It started very local. And um, while we were still kind of in our, you know, infant stage, mm-hmm. uh, we somehow got a job from Founders Credit Union and we printed like 6,000 shirts for one of their baseball games because they have the rights to like, you know, a baseball stadium. And that really kicked things off to start expanding right away. Um, but as you know, the, the word of mouth got around, um, we started getting clients from Charlotte different parts of the Carolinas. Um, and now we're, I mean, we're really happy to be doing business with a lot larger, uh, clientele. Uh, so, um, we, we still do work for founders credit union to this day. They, you know, give a lot of credit to them. Um, uh, we're working with, um, very global Harper corporation. Uh, we just did, we're, we're actually working on our biggest order in history right now for, uh, Samaritan's purse. So if you've ever, ever heard of operation Christmas child, that's them. Um, and how did that happen? How did they find out about you? Did they just find your website? They're like Rock Hill screen printing company. And you came up like, what, how are they finding you? I believe it was because I think my dad got on the news. I might be wrong <laughs> about that. I think, I think he got on the news for, uh, some kind of charity. Th- I don't know. And they just, maybe happen to see it. And this is what he said. This was our guest, but I don't think we really know for sure. But let me tell you something, man, they are some of the most personable people, great business professionals. Um, I've, I've loved working with them up to this point. So, it, I mean, 
like I said, man, this is, it's, it's a God thing. Like I don't really think it's just, just the word necessarily doing, right, but something that he's putting in place and, and I'm, I'm loving every second of uh, watching it happen. So, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I yeah. think, so, <clears throat> so he's been doing this for how your dad's been doing this for how long and you've been doing it for, um, what is it like four, five months now or so? Yeah. Um, he's been doing it since 2017, 2016, 17, somewhere in there. Um, and then I have kind of been like a helping hand on and off. Um, you know, just because I've always held uh, another job as like a placeholder, mm-hmm. whatever that might've been at the time. I mean, I've worked at restaurants, I did uh, construction, worked at the brewery, all kinds of stuff. And then um, recently when, when I saw how crazy it was getting and um, you know, they approached me, I just went ahead and was like, okay, you know, I, I think this is, this is my future. Um, I'm going to end up taking over this company someday. And and so I committed to it and now I'm, uh, you know, more than full time, but I've been doing that for not that long. I want to say like two months. So it's still pretty fresh. Um, but yeah, it's where I'm spending all my time. You know, when I'm not working, I'm working <laughs> like it's a lot, but, but yeah. So I was thinking, Joshua, go ahead. You were you saying something? No, I was just saying that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So I wanted to ask. So you said you came over to your dad's place one time, and he had all this new stuff in the garage. I guess back in 2017, when he was getting started, when you started seeing his interest peak, and. Did you know that, you, like, are you kind of cut from the same cloth of your dad? Is he more entrepreneurial? And if so, did you see this coming? Because you said your dad was a mechanical, or is a mechanical engineer, this background. And how did, how did all of this come to be? Like switching, switching ambitions, switching career paths, going into a self-owned business, like what were your thoughts and what was the process of this and more of um, explained drawn out story? Yeah. So, I mean, I never knew what to expect. I didn't really have any expectations of, um, of any, any of it um, along the way. Um, I'd say for the first couple of years, I was just like, okay, uh, this is something that we're trying out and like it, it, it was, it was a risk. It was a huge risk. Um, my dad hated his job. He hated being a mechanical engineer, but it's what he did to provide for us. Um, and it, you know, he could probably tell that story a little bit better than I could, but he went and, and worked 40 hours a week at a job that he didn't want to be at. Um, he hated every second of it, but he showed up and did it. And I think he saw an opportunity to not only get out, but to be his own boss. And I think something about that was attractive to him. Um, and so he took it and, uh, you know, along the way, I, 
there was a, there was a lot of cool moments where I was like, wow, you know, this this is really cool. Just seeing him doing something that he actually enjoyed, rather than you know the opposite. But uh, I I would I would attribute a lot of his success to you know uh, his I mean he's got a passion for it and he obviously takes pride in his work. And I think that's huge. You have to, if you don't care about what you're doing, it's never going to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also a really intelligent guy. Him and my mom both are. And they, by the way, my mom has been just as big a part of it as he has throughout the entire process. And Mm -hmm. she's to the point now where, um, I mean, she's been full time with him for, you know, four years, something like that. Uh, But she only works one night a week at her old job just to keep her nursing license. Cause she's a former hospice nurse or still currently is a hospice nurse. Yeah. Keep but the, um, what's up? Keep the license. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep the license. Yeah. I just, I was curious to see, to hear your thoughts of this process. Cause you were like coming off of Carolina vibes and you were like, man, it just, it's not working. I'm, I'm 16. My, my brain's pulling me a bunch of different directions and I don't know what I want to do with life. And then your dad just grabs hold of this thing that's in the wheelhouse of what you were doing. And it's, it's an interesting story that his son is inspiring him to pursue something that's four years down the road is going to kind of blow up, you know? And I mean, we keep saying blow up, but we're talking blow up for a startup. I mean, who knows where this is going to go, right? Like it could, and, and I want to ask you later on, what are the, what are like the goals that you would like to see and that, you know, your dad has for, and your mom has for the company. And, but, um, but I want to hear your thought process about this, this seeing your dad do all this, you know, it's, it's, it's a bizarre thing that doesn't happen to most people. Well, it's funny that you said that, uh, you know, he was sort of in, in quote unquote inspired by me. I think, um, not to say that, you know, I, I can't speak for him, but I can honestly say I've been inspired by him watching him go through all this, him and my mom, both just because of the, the dedication. I mean, I mean, they, they were pulling 70 hour work weeks to make this thing happen. And there was a good chance that it wasn't going to. And, from the outside looking in, it was, it was scary. Um, but I, I never doubted for a second that he wouldn't be successful. Um, I just didn't know that it was going to happen that fast. So, I mean, that's really all I could say, uh, regarding that. I mean, I don't know, man, it's, it's been baffling. I can't wrap my mind around it really. Yeah. Do you have a question, Joshua? Sorry, I, I asked a bunch. Um, I, I, I'm curious about, uh, so you said you you have a brother. Um, I've only met your family, like your parents. I only met them recently, like within the past couple months. Um, I met them at our friend Tim, who's been on the podcast, Tim and Esther. Their wedding, I met your parents. And I had never met them before. I know you for a couple years. But you have a brother. How old is your brother? He's 18. 18. Is your brother still in school? Has he graduated? Is he going to be joining with this at all? He's a, so he's a senior in high school. Um, and 
and he's so he's doing all of his school at York Tech uh, through through this program. And what it sounds like is he's wanting to pursue some other interests of his. I think he's wanting to get into some sort of uh, construction or construction management yeah. kind of field in college. But I mean, the end goal, me and him want to work together later in life uh, on the side doing um, real estate, like flipping houses and stuff like that. And he's already really knowledgeable in that area because he's done it for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where he's headed. And I, I don't know too much about it, but um, we, we've talked about doing stuff in the future together. Gotcha. Yeah. So what, what is the, I would imagine because of your artistic side and your love for fashion i mean i'm looking at the way you dress you got two necklaces on man you got, <laughs> you got i don't what what is the print on that shirt oh this is uh this is nine line um this is a company that it's it like supports uh the united states military um see you're, you're intentional with your fashion choice mm-hmm. and you're aesthetically pleasing to keep up with adorning human body with art and so you have an interest for that. I know you love it. A little, you know, like, you know, art, art to, artists are going to be artists. How are, how are your, how is that side of you going to be fulfilled in this company, do you think? And like, what's the, what's the goal behind it? Because more than just printing, I'm sure you're like, well, freaking fashion, design, fashion. Yeah. that kind of stuff. I know what's, what's I know ever since uh, kind of we started being friends, you started getting tattoos and you've got quite a few tattoos, including uh, Boba Fett on your calf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Disclaimer. I'm a huge nerd um, and that's never going to change. So of course I get it. I had to get the Star Wars tattoo on May 4th because, you know, if there's a time to do it, then that's the time. But yeah, man, I've I've put all my... um, my artwork on my body. Uh, so if, if that answer is part of your question, Joe, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I've got like 14 tattoos right now. I don't plan on slowing down, but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly with, with artistic expression that, um, I don't necessarily feel like that has to be carried out through my day-to-day work. Uh, I've been wanting to get into writing recently in my, in my free time. So maybe we'll see something there right now. All of my energy is focused into, learning as much as I can uh, to, to be in a position where I can take over the company in the future. And we'll see what the future holds, man. You never know. Each, each day is, is something new. So um, I don't take any of it for granted. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in five years. Yeah. And so basically right now you're saying you're taking time to learn the business side of running a business and understanding the specific work of screen print and understanding the finances, accounting, all of the stuff that comes along with an entrepreneurial business model. Wow. And then down the line, maybe you'll get into more of that stuff. But right now, you're learning. Yeah. yeah. I remember I last time, or not last time, a few times ago when we saw each other, uh, for um, when we went on the camp out, you were heavily talking about like your finances and, and getting actually talk, doing going through Dave Ramsey's like step program to uh, <laughs> get financially secure, like the thousand dollars in savings 
six-month plan and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was going great. And then I had a, a hospital visit that kind of threw that off. Mm. So, uh, yeah, maybe I could do some more homework on Dave Ramsey because lately it's not looking too hot. <laughs> it, okay, that's interesting. Dave Ramsey, like, as far as money management for businesses, there are so many different ideas out there for for how it works. And like the way I've, I've always seen business as, as much as possible, the, from what I understand, the basics of business is going to be, you provide a service or product and you have a customer base that's going to give you money for that service or product. I, what I understand about services is that they are the quickest form to income. They're pretty difficult to scale depending on the business. And products are super hard to get off the ground. But in the long run, if you can, they can bring in a lot of monetary, easier to scale, I guess. And so as far as the business side of running the money of the business, I know Dave Ramsey, he's going to talk about no debt through the company, you cash flow the company and, um, and work through that business model essentially he's very much no debt and then you have people online out joshua sent me a podcast this morning um with mr beast who's a youtuber mm. who obviously is a completely different business but his business model has always been spend all of the money that we make to create a, another video that costs that much to make and just always just Throwing the budget out there, going all with in. all of the money yeah. you have, always, and just keep scaling upward. And he doesn't have any intentions on stopping that business model, but for some reason that works for him. But he's also on YouTube, so it's not as much risk. Um, and then there are other, like the more traditional business models that we see. You know, you can take out a business loan, and then as the business picks up, if you start to make money you can start paying on that business loan to the point where you have no debt and then you can scale past that depending on whatever plan you have as like a startup thing. And so I'm curious, like what, what are your thoughts on a startup and a business, the, the money side of business, you know, since you are dabbling in it and you have dabbled in it in the past. Well, I, I would definitely agree that products are easier to scale. Uh, Product-based business, absolutely, because you can always find cheaper forms of production. Uh, where we're at right now is, uh, you know, as, as a service-based and, as, you know, more specifically a screen printing company, as, you know, the more business that we get, the the more we have to increase production. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward in that regard. Um, so that means more employees, that means more uh, printing machines. Um, more dryers, more ink, more everything. We have to do it kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they grow together. As, as our customer base grows, so does our production. And that's the, that's the way that it's set up. Um, luckily, it doesn't really get any more complicated than that. Um, I, I have ideas of other things I might want to do with it in the future, but we're going to have to see, I, I still have a lot of room to learn. Um, and this, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm doing my homework and just spending a lot of time there and, um, 
trying to absorb as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I tend to lean more towards like the Dave Ramsey model um, with no debt, but that's, and I don't really know each business is going to need to scale differently for sure. And each business is going to have a different consumer base. Some businesses need a million, a million customers selling at like five to $10 a piece, like the Netflix business model, you know? Mm. Um, and then your guys' business model, your marketing. Well, yeah, I guess you're not marketing, yet, <laughs> but you are doing a service work for bigger companies that are purchasing thousands of dollars of product or service product for to just a few customers, I guess. And, and when you look at it in like the thousands or million dollar customer base, it's just a couple, but it's large amounts. And that's, it's interesting business. I mean, it always fascinate, fascinates me that business, depending on what you're doing, changes that dramatically. And so um, is there something, is there like a specific business model when, it, when you're learning this process that you're like, really interested in because right now you're observing that second one where it's high high monetary income real fast you know but it's with a few customers and then is that is there seems to be a lot that you're learning there but then afterward you want to try to dabble in other forms of business as far as customer base yeah yeah i think so um yeah the, the thing is is like as we get bigger i don't ever want to neglect the little guys that got us started you know like the small mom and pop shops and and the the local schools and everything that you know that that's where we started and i don't want to get so big that we neglect them um, but i also want to be able to handle those larger clients because they are you know they're making this this business uh, something really exciting to be a part of. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have I have other ideas. Um, it, it, you ask really good questions, man. <laughs> You're definitely getting to the nitty gritty, so I, I dig it. I want to hear it. I'm trying to learn from you, dog. You're by proxy. I'm going to become knowledgeable in this. Yeah. Maybe you need to uh, maybe you need to get my dad on here because he could probably answer these questions a little bit more sure. in depth. I kind of feel like I'm not doing it justice right now, but, um, well, I'm yeah. curious as to what you know right now. That's all. Yeah. But, um, I don't know much, man, but what I do know is that creating uh, a great product matters pretty much more than anything else. I mean, right up there with customer service and, and luckily we're the highest rated screen printer in the area right now for quality and customer service. We've got five stars, you know, all that, but, um, which is kind of crazy because in the six years that we've been in business, we've never had less than a five-star review, which like, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood. No Karen. But, uh, no, no. Well, I mean, we've had some Karens, but you know, they, they've been cool Karens. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they've been pretty chill Karens. Uh, you know, comparatively, but, um, oh, where was I going with that? I just lost my train of thought again. Whoops. I threw you off. Only half, beer, only half a beer deep and it's already taken effect. <laughs> I was, okay. I, I was curious because I think the only other, no, we've had a couple different, uh, business people on before. So I think, I don't know what number you are, but we've had 
one guy who sells and well he makes and then sells like swords and tools and weaponry but it's it's vintage art stuff you know mm-hmm. uh, he's a blacksmith and his company's called pirate forge and then we had um matt prater who's also in rock hill and he does a cooking bakery business yep is it offensive to call baking cooking no i, I should have asked him on the podcast isn't it weird that you cook bacon and bake cookies i'm sorry that was dumb um yeah i mean it's like here's the thing man like every time we get a new customer it's usually somebody that's going off of a recommendation they're essentially bringing an idea to us Mm -hmm. uh, of uh, a certain shirt hoodie hat backpack whatever and uh we have to really communicate well with them in the beginning and throughout production to make sure that we deliver exactly what they want. Yeah. And that goes in so many different directions um, because there's a lot of stuff that we're, you know, um, producing a lot, a lot of different capabilities that we have uh, in terms of production. So it, it really is uh, customer service based a hundred percent. And just being intentional, you have to really care about what the customer wants and not just what's easier to, to do because there's shortcuts that you can take and we are completely against that. So if, you know, we, that I, I can't, I can't say much as you know, for the business model where I see it in the future and everything like that. But what I can say is that regardless of what happens, we're always going to be intentional about bringing the best product and the best experience. And so that, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. If you can get those two right, then you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, then talk briefly about why your stuff is the best, you know, <laughs> what, what's the, what's the specs of your guys' prints, you know, and, and how, how do you, how do you go about it? Cause I, I don't know much about screen printing. I don't. Yeah. So um, it, it starts with the, the customer, like I said, bring in an idea and we have a long list of vendors that we get our, you know, that we buy wholesale um, shirts, whatever from uh so we'll order those and i mean anything that you can think of we can pretty much get our hands on except for right now there's a a global shortage in just about everything so it's been hard uh because of covid and whatnot um but i mean there's there's different types of inks that you can use for each kind of material i mean there's like 100 cotton materials there's blends there's polyester nylon you name it each one of those kind of have to be treated differently and what sort of ink that you use and uh, you know, what temperature you dry it at. It's, it's really just kind of like uh, stuff that would take forever for me to try to get into, but you know, it's, it's a messy, it's a messy job and you really have to uh, kind of figure it out as you go along and what works. I mean, we've, we've had shirts that we've printed and then get thrown into the washer machine and the ink runs out there bleeds out of it because it wasn't dried at the correct temperature for the material and ink. And so it's, it's really, uh, I mean, competency is huge. Like you have to, you have to do your research and there's luckily a lot of like, um, resources on YouTube, different forums that you can ask other, um, 
screen printers, other people that are in the business and, and they're always happy to like answer questions and stuff. So that's kind of like how my dad learned as he just did a crap ton of research. Um, but I mean, like all you're really doing, if, 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 if you're competent enough to know how to create the product, you know, you really just have to push to double and triple check every step along the way. And then even when you've reached your final product, you think to yourself, Hey, is this going to satisfy the customer's needs and wants? Is it, is it appealing or does, you know, is the, is there some weird texture going on with the ink? Is there a spot over here that we missed? Is there something that's off? And if so, start over, redo it. Um, it it's just, it's just being thorough really. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Joshua. I keep having questions. I want you to get a question out. Um, I, we talked a lot about this company, but I, I want to bring up something. You say word of mouth, and you've you've been saying you guys don't really haven't spread spread the word around. But I gotta say something. Um, I have hung out with you in Rock Hill before, and you know everybody in Rock Hill. It seems like. <laughs> oh, mate. You, you might Maybe. not say you might not say know. that. <laughs> you I. It, you might not think that, but I have been into, I've been like to parks and we would just randomly find people that you know. I've been to like bars where you just know everybody in the bar and you you only like, even before you turned 21 and were going out places, like you knew everybody and it's crazy. I've been into, what's the place we went down to Riverwalk? I know you said you worked there, but... I went in, we went in, yeah, we went in one place at Riverwalk and you just knew everybody there. Well, maybe, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I've been hanging out there a little bit too much or something. <laughs> no, like not, I mean, even, the, good, not yeah. even the people that, good beer, so I'll give them that, not even the people that work there. Like I remember going in and just customers knew you, they were like, oh, we went to school together or something. Do you remember what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've. Tim, Tim has told me the same thing before and it's, I'm not really like a popular guy or anything. I just, I'm very extroverted and I love, I love starting conversations and, and just meeting people. Yeah. And I'm not I knew a very that, popular guy, but yet everybody knows <laughs> who you are. In Rock Hill. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I want to ask you this. I'm thinking about how to phrase this. Um, Real quick on the quality of your shirts. Do you know Teespring or represent companies? Say that one more time. Do you know the um, the companies that do prints for merch and stuff called Teespring or represent? No, I'm not familiar. That, I'm sure you've heard of their business model. I'm sure it's like companies that off that online, you can just submit artwork for t-shirts or hats or whatever and sell that artwork and without having to buy it in bulk and having to do all of the extra work behind it. And if people want to buy that product, then the company gets it, gets a chunk and you get a chunk in return. Do you know that business model? A yeah, bit? I think Amazon does something. If I'm understanding you right, I think Amazon does something like that, like print on demand pretty much. Yeah. Print on demand. That's a good way. That's, that's yeah. the correct way to put it. Um, 
So what, what do you think of that business model? Like how that differs from your guys's? I know you're doing, you're doing larger scale work. And so you're going to get paid by companies and um, even, even smaller companies in the area or, or places to do the work for them. But like, what do you think about that business model mixed with your guys' company? So we, it's funny that you mentioned that, and I can't believe I didn't talk about it before, but we do something similar to that on the side. Um, what not on the side, it's, it's definitely like a part of production. It's just a smaller part. Um, and it's, it's just a little bit different. So what we do is we offer this service where we essentially create a, we call them team stores. That's what we call them around the shop. Um, and what'll happen is we will open a store, let's say, okay, company X, right. Um, they want to get a bunch of merchandise for either their employees or whoever is affiliated with the business to just be able to go and buy. So we'll open up a virtual store for them and it'll be open for a set amount of time. Usually it's like a month. And what they'll do is um, they'll have, they'll, they'll send that link to their employees or customers or whoever and be like, Hey, this store is open for a month. And um, for the next 30 days, you can go in and buy these shirts, whatever. Uh, and it's got our company, whatever on it. Um, and so whenever the customer goes and places that order, it's essentially a pre-order. Um, and when we meet our minimum order quantity for that design, we print it at the end of the month and then we send it right back to the customer or the, you know, the company, not necessarily the individual customer, but the company who's, you know, doing business with us. And then they get to disperse it to um, their uh, buyers. So the customer pays for, you know, the shirt and everything that goes into production. Um, it, it all works out that way in the end. And then the, 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 the person that's buying the, the actual company makes a cut of that as well. So we write them a check for the, uh, the for their profit. Gotcha. That's pretty sick. Uh, do you think that, I, I'm guessing you guys don't currently do like shipping and handling yet, mm. or maybe you don't even ever intend to as far as, as far as sending to direct customers, like what, what am I trying to say? So you, you'll send your orders to, the brands and companies that are making purchases from you. But like with this business model, you're selling, you're saying that if they, when you meet your quota of prints or you meet your quota of purchases, then you you'll print and then you'll send it. And so there's not risk involved, you know? Right. And um, do you think at some point you guys might move into that business model? I know it's hard to speak for the future, but just curious about what you're thinking, you know? Um, move into that business model of being the middleman and collect and collect a higher income based on the extra service of sending to individual customers through a bigger brand. So for example, let's just say, I'm just going to say Nike, obviously they wouldn't do this, but let's just say Nike was selling a t-shirt and they put in their artwork for you guys and then when a certain amount of people purchase that 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 print or that artwork clothing i'm not good at this lingo um then you guys have all of that information 
and you go ahead and print that number and then you sell it to all of the people that purchased. Yeah, you is that ship something it. that or you ship okay. it you ship it to set to send it to all of the people individually that purchased. Is that a business model that you would see as profitable or just like No, it would be I mean, not to say no, like you know, firmly, but it would it would be a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> they would be a lot and a lot more work than we're putting in right now. Yeah, uh, it's much easier, like not shipping individual shirts to customer X, Y, and Z, and just providing it for the company. That's really all we're doing. But the team stores is just a cool feature for like um, for companies that you know they 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 don't want to pay for anything, right? And that's, that's the incentive. And we actually do it more for schools than anything else. So like Northwestern high school, for example, we print for them and, um, they will open up a team store or we'll open up the team store for them. And then their players and, and the parents and everything will go on that store and buy all the products. And like I said, pre-order, we print everything after the time's up on that store and then we just give it to the school and the school disperses it. And so like literally nothing that we're doing really changes. It just, it's easier for other people. And, you know, we don't have to individually ship them out to customers because the, the, the school in that case handles it. So that's, that's as far as I want to go with it. I do not want to get into selling individual things again, because logistics is is a pain man i don't, I don't want to do it yeah. <laughs> yeah i guess and you guys are out to make money and so you're trying to get with obviously the the ones that got you got you where you are do right by them especially on the local level but you're also like to scale you're like let's do bigger and better businesses where they are going to handle all the logistics where they we just want an order of a hundred thousand prints you know yeah. what i mean we did Stuff like that we did something similar for our movie dying of the leaves we got like 300 copies of dying of the leaves uh, burned um, an printed, and we just had them shipped to us and then people would place an order with us and we would send them out um we definitely didn't sell 300 um we, we sold, sold like we sold like 32 yeah okay but i mean we sent out like 32 and that was that was uh i definitely got a taste for what you have to send out and stuff. And that was only like 30. Yeah. It's not fun, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we definitely want to, like you said, do right by the local customers um, where we're going to, we're going to stay in Rock Hill, obviously. And we're tied to it because of the name of the business, Rock Hill screen printing. But, uh, but we, I mean, something that we want to hammer down is support local. Like that's what we're, more about and although we've got some national clients now uh local business is really uh something that's near and dear to us so that's awesome yeah i was thinking about the name and i was like you know people that don't know about rock hill south carolina would just be like rock hill <laughs> that's a pretty cool name i wonder <laughs> where that came from <laughs> yeah. now you get somebody in i don't know colorado who needs to big old order of stuff and they're like rock hill okay that's pretty cool rock you guys, what, what's your website rockhillscreenprinting.com rockhillscreenprinting.com that's sick um i, I want to hear i want to hear a little bit about i know you're saying you 
all of your time is going towards this, man. But I want to hear a little bit about what's keeping you sane. What's your hobbies outside of work these days? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good question. Maybe I could take some advice, but, uh, <laughs> cause, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really doing much other than just taking good care of myself because of, you know, how much the, the job kind of requires of me physically and mentally. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting at a desk. I'm, uh, I'm very hands-on with production. Um, so me and like mm-hmm. one other guy doing a lot of the screen printing, um, as a whole. And so, but anyways, uh, yeah, outside of work, uh, I just, I play hard work hard, man. Like cut loose, have a good time. I, I love going out. I know oh, no. Josh was talking about the grapevine. I still hang out there yeah. on the, on a regular basis, but uh, I just, I enjoy surrounding myself with, uh, with good people and, um, kind of cutting some, cutting some slack and cutting loose, but that's uh, where everyone knows you, man. <laughs> love yeah. You love surrounding yourself with good people. <laughs> and we yeah. But, um, I've been spending a lot more time with my brother actually, which has been really cool because we didn't get along growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, constantly we fought constantly because we are we're exact opposites like i think did either one of you guys meet my brother when you were last yeah in town? i think i i met your parents and your brother kind of at the same time it it they you guys were all just kind of they were leaving and we met briefly yeah so not in, not just in looks but in personality and genetics and everything else me and alex are two opposite ends of the gene mm-hmm. pool we're completely different. So, and being four years apart, you know, I'm 22, he's 18. Uh, we had a tough time growing up together, but you know, he, he matured a lot when he got into high school. And so we've been hanging out a lot more at nights and, and that's really cool. Cause we like to cut up and play some Xbox. And so lately I've been playing uh, black ops four, like in an mm-hmm. unhealthy amount and even a little bit of Lego star Wars, just for the nostalgia factor. So <laughs> yeah. Lego games yeah yeah I'm now would you say people might be your hobby (laughs) yeah I guess so. (laughs) yeah it seems that way and also I mean you may not feel this way but as far as long as I've known you which has just been a couple years it seems like you are kind of a really good salesman dude like you just have a vibe around that is a genuine salesman not a not just a, i need something from you salesman you know because you're never looking to get anything from anybody and so i don't know but i bet you that's going to be a big benefit in the future especially for the company when you guys get into marketing you'll know how to market from a genuine place and that's a beautiful thing that's something people don't know how to do yes thanks man i appreciate yeah. you saying that but yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about this a little bit in the past before, but I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about people and just developing tight knit relationships. And, and, you know, I think that's something that makes life, uh, you know, more worth it in the end, because what's the point in being alone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is it's not been that long since I've had this, but have you ever heard of me talk about patina? Uh, not very much, no. <laughs> not very much. Not very much. I mean, I do talk about it a lot, <laughs> um, especially on this podcast. Um, 
the, do you know what the word patina means? No. Sorry. Um, pat, patina is the word is used with like someone who um, creates who works on leather goods mostly or like copper and it's used as the more it's something is being worked or the longer you have it it gets this roughness to it but not in a roughness that's a bad way like it becomes more beautiful the longer you have it like it gets worn down leather gets more nice when you use it you get that patina on it um uh, yeah. And so it becomes more beautiful. And I use it in the word in the sense of I need to find the patina in people, the the roughness that they've gotten in their life, but that's what makes them beautiful. That's what gives them a story. And um, it kind of gives them who they are because they have uh, a sense of their story and they've gotten their patina in life. And I actually, I don't know if you can see this very well, but I have the tattoo. It's probably microphone in the way. I have the tattoo on my arm called it just says patina. Ooh, right on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a cool concept, man. That's uh I I'd never heard of that before, but um yeah, you can absolutely apply that to people. Uh because I think like once you break past that surface level of people's kind of personalities that they immediately put on, I mean that's where you get to like the good stuff. And the good stuff. It's it's the uh yeah, I mean it's it's the the closer. How am I gonna? I'm I'm losing my my words here, I'm trying to find the best way to say this. But beneath beneath that surface yeah. level, like for instance, I know Tim probably better than most people, and maybe not as good as Esther because you know they're married. But yeah, uh, but that's that's the. I mean, hands down the best friendship that I've ever had because from from day one, and granted, it took some time. To, to really get there. But from day one, we've been like fully open and honest. Um, and that's just his nature. And it also just happens to be mine when, when he finds somebody that he, you know, you know, invests in or when he, how am I, I I'm losing my words. again. <laughs> he, he took a chance and invested in me and yeah. I did the same. And that's, that's what blossomed into like such a close friendship. And we've been, We've been close friends for since 2014. So however many years that is, eight nine years. Yeah, I yeah. I remember because we were friends with him. I mean, growing up like middle school, going to high school, we kind of he went off and played Crusaders. We were not on the team, so we kind of we were still friends, but we weren't, I guess, as close because we weren't there around. And Tim had Tid did have his Crusader friends, his football friends. And even though he still knows those people, you just kind of stuck around. You you never like left in you after high school and stuff. You guys are still friends. And that's how we became friends because after high school, we got uh, closer with Tim again and now being friends with you. Yeah, it's it's funny how that all worked out, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad that it happened. But yeah, it is funny because, I mean, we had a much larger friend group that we used to hang out with on a consistent basis. And what's funny is I didn't even like, okay, so it was me, Tim, and like four other guys that used to hang out all the time. I mean, we would go, we, we all played football together. So we would go, we played basketball together. We'd hang out all the time because we were all homeschooled and had more time than we knew what to do with. And uh, slowly you know, over the years, people moved away, people got married, uh, you know, 
Brian got married early and, you know, life happens. He had a kid, uh, obviously not going to see him as much. Uh, and I don't know, it was, it was something about, um, Tim. I, I just, I love the guy, man. Uh, I, I wanted to stick around and, and I'm glad they kept me around because he kept me around through some, some really tough times. And, uh, I, I attribute, you know, who I am today, largely, uh, largely him is just his, his friendship, his support. It just, uh, it, it worked out in some really cool ways. Yeah. 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 You, you and Tim hold a very similar quality that I think is the secret sauce to what you're talking about. It's freaking loyalty, man. Yeah. Um, you guys, you guys have, yeah. you guys have a strong sense of loyalty almost to a fault, but rarely is it ever a fault. You know. Can we just and name this podcast, the secret love story of Jackson and Tim? <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah esther's gonna esther's got some competition coming yeah well, <laughs> hey she she chose tim too so um i would say you guys have a sense of loyalty that is very strong and you show that to almost everybody you're around um that's a quality person of course and you guys have a pretty good sense of who isn't and i would say that is when you guys came together that loyalty towards each other as friends, as brothers in life is going to be something that's stronger than most any relationship you're going to, you're going to encounter just because of the nature of how you're brought up, how you think from a psychological standpoint and how you view the world. And that's an important thing that's I'm sure kept you guys close and thrived into an adult friendship. And I have a weird theory. I think if you can make it past that 20, 21 year old threshold and still have strong friendships, then you can remain friends the rest of your life. Yeah. And I know you're pretty fresh past that threshold, um, but it's, you're not, but it's still strong, you know, because everyone mm -hmm. can have teenage friendships. Everyone can have middle school friendships. It's really hard to have adult friendships. It yeah. just is. And especially yeah. for those to, to change over. And, um, and so you guys have that. And I think it's a beautiful thing, dude. Thank goodness for the crusaders. Cause I would never mm. have really gotten to know you. <laughs> no kidding. Man. I, I mean, not just you guys, but like pretty much everybody that, you know, I have that deep connection with more or less I met through the crusaders in some capacity, but yeah, I know. I, I think just touching on what you were saying, it's it's a lot easier when you, you know, him and I don't come from the same background, but very similar backgrounds. We were both raised in families that, um, you know, had a lot of faith. And so and, and now Tim and I are both men of faith in our own way. And um, and, and, you know, just having that similar worldview definitely helps just from the, you know, getting to um relate to one another from the beginning but we also we both struggled along the way but we struggled with each other and i think my biggest mistake for a period of time was trying to do it alone mm. and uh and, and that's that's not the right way to go about it but um but yeah very cool. sick joshua what time are we sitting at um we're we're probably like an hour 20 an hour 30. okay i want to end with this um 
We talk about, as you might be aware, we talk about movies a lot on this podcast. What's your mm-hmm. favorite movie, Jackson? My favorite movie? Yes. That's an impossible question, Joe. No, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, well, um, maybe it's just because of the recent excitement, but I absolutely loved Marvel's Shang-Chi. Okay, oh, tell us real? why. Did you guys go and see it? No. No, not yet, but this is all I've heard about it. Everyone loves it. Okay, so disclaimer to everybody. Um, I'm an insane Marvel and Star Wars nerd. I, I love all those movies. I love following along with them. And I've been watching the Marvel movies since Iron Man came out in 2008. And that's something that me and my brother and dad kind of bonded over, so it stuck. Um, in terms of, like, picture and visual effects and the fighting scenes it blows 99 percent of the marvel movies out of the water and that's like i don't i don't believe that i'm exaggerating and and granted i love i love the mcu uh i mean like if i had to pick a favorite out of it'd probably be like thor ragnarok or like endgame you know um the the fight scenes and and the dude i mean visually visually speaking it kind of blows the rest of them out of the water uh which is saying a lot because you know you know their history um it's it's a pretty long movie but it's worth a watch i would go back and watch it three or four times okay i'm excited to watch it man i it kind of came out of nowhere and yet everybody loves it and so i i just need to watch it man i'm excited to see it because I have not heard a single bad thing about it yet. In fact, I've heard only praise. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was incredible, man. I was expecting something good, but you know, it it, it blew away my expectations. Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, uh, Joshua. Any final words or questions you have? Uh, no. I think that that was that was a good podcast. That was a yeah good podcast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, real quick, Jackson, could you plug the website again and anything else you maybe maybe you want people to follow you on social media or something like that? Go ahead and plug yourself. Sure. Yeah. So uh, business, um, you can go to rockhillspringprinting.com. Uh, pretty straightforward. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at jackson.tyler underscore. Uh, that's really the only, uh, the only social media I use. So give me a follow. Very cool. Appreciate it, brother. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun.